Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to season seven of What the Flock. This season, our goal is to carefully approach some very serious and often polarizing topics. The issues we're going to focus on have and continue to cause so much damage, people seem unable to civilly discuss these topics. The episodes in this season will give you the tools you need to facilitate your ability to talk about these topics in a beneficial manner. I'm joined by my co-host, Joel Swakowski. How are you doing, Joel? I'm well, Jonathan. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm great. Um, I'm enjoying this season. You know, season six and season seven have been a, a little bit of a change. Yeah, for sure. But I love I'm loving this format and I'm actually seeing the benefit uh in my life currently, where absolutely where I feel uh um the desire to use these tools and and that we that we teach and helping people feel heard and and understood and so i'm real time experiencing the benefits in a big way yeah there's seriously been like two or three th- really really big important meetings i've had in the last just couple weeks right where i've sat there and thought oh wow this reminds me of season 7 Yes. Like season seven has become like this backward step for me of how to handle certain types of meetings. So yeah, I'm very, very excited about this season as well. Yeah. So I want to give a disclaimer, you know, the seriousness of these issues often results in people not hearing both sides before judging the issue. So with that said, we encourage you listener to be careful sharing anything from these episodes with other people without first encouraging them to hear the entire episode for themselves. Also, in addition to listening to the entire episode for yourself, we highly recommend listening to any previous episodes that we referenced during this episode. They have each season and each episode has really built off, you know, one off of the other. Yeah. We wouldn't be able to talk about these issues the way we're talking about them if we haven't laid the foundation that we did seasons one through six so now as far as the topics we're covering season seven they're all topics that have been debated at length the reason they have and continue to be debated is because traditional style debates do not work those type of debates pit two sides against each other And each side is concerned with only trying to prove their own point, often becoming overly emotional about the topic, even triggering. And instead of trying to learn something new and find out how they could be wrong, when it comes to these topics, people seem to want to root themselves deeper into what they already believe. Right. And we saw with the previous six seasons that each issue has two perspectives that are trying to distract people from the ultimate answer. We call those the strict and loose side of the argument. So Joel, can you give us an overview of the strict and loose sides? Yes. The strict side invites and initiates conflict on these topics. It's an important distinction there. It initiates conflict or invites conflict. Now, this side tends to be a bully. 
using intimidation as a tactic to control people. This side holds people to strict standards in which they rationalize away any need they would have to hold themselves to that same standard. And these people become hypocrites like the Pharisees when they are confronted and respond by justifying why they can hold others to a higher standard than they hold themselves. The loose side avoids conflict and avoids tension as much as possible. The standards they hold themselves to are based on how they and others feel, leaving them with no objective measures for what the moral answer is. This side tends to be an enabler, removing any discomfort brought on by confrontation. Unfortunately, and the reality of the matter is these people show they don't actually care for others when they avoid confronting people who are in pain for their own benefit. Amazing. Thank you. So we either have bullying tendencies or enabling tendencies. Yeah. That's where both mm -hmm. of these sides are coming from. Now, the number one technique we're going to use throughout this season is to repeat back to the opposing side what they believe to their satisfaction before making our point. So it's the only way to have a profitable interaction because it causes people to listen to the other side once they know they've been heard. Debating would actually be a benefit if seeking first to understand was the guiding principle that the debating mediators followed. So we're going to focus on understanding each side first. Yes. Which leads us to our topic today. What is the topic, Joel? The topic we're going to discuss today is what is man? What is man? Okay. What is the strict side of this topic? The strict side is a man is the male of the human species, which is proven by his sex organs. Okay. So right there, let's, I just want to understand, I'm going to repeat back to you to your satisfaction. Joel, what you're saying is, is that a, a man, it's the male of the human species and it's proven by the male sex organ. Yes. Okay. Do I understand you? Yeah, I feel heard. And that definitely to my satisfaction. Excellent. So let's talk about the loose side. What does the loose side say on this topic? The loose side would say, if you feel you are a man, you're a man. Great. So if you held that perspective, I would say, awesome, Joel. Uh, thank you for sharing. So your belief about what a man is is a man is based upon a feeling. If you feel like you're a man, you're a man. Are you satisfied? I'm satisfied. Thank you. Excellent. So let me summarize the damage for our listeners now. One side believes a man is a male of the human species, which is proven by the male sex organ. Organs, plural. While the other side believes if you feel like a man, then you're a man. There we go. Yeah, pretty, that's great. Pretty cut and dry. It is. So for now. For, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, 
right. we're, as we approach the ultimate answer. This is exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's another perspective. Yeah. How would you argue for the strict sides perspective, Joel? If I was on the strict side, one thing I would state is, well, man is created and sustained by God. You can see that the Bible says so. Genesis 1.27 starts by saying, so God created man in his own image. And in Acts chapter 17, verses 24 and 25 and verse 28 say this, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. So that's that would support my belief on the strict side that man is created and sustained by God. Now, if I was on the strict side trying to argue against the loose side, I could make statements like, well, if you change your gender after you are born, you are opposing God. Hmm. And a question I would ask the loose side is, do your feelings define you? Nice. Now, how would you argue for the loose side? If I was on the loose side, one thing I would argue for this perspective is, you know what? We're all unique. God forms us differently from everyone else. We can see that in Romans 12 verses one through eight. I might even say, hey, listen to the motivational spiritual gifts episode from season four, episode 13, proving we're all made uniquely. If I'm on the loose side trying to argue against the strict side, a couple questions I would ask would be, is being a man only limited to the physical? If not, then wouldn't feeling like a man be important? And another one that goes right at the proof of the strict side is, if everyone with male sex organs is a man what about baby boys implying they have those same sex organs but you wouldn't consider them a man would you hmm nice okay those are our those are our perspectives and the arguments nice thank you now we get to go to the ultimate answer what's the ultimate answer joel the ultimate answer big picture Due to the fact that our main goal in season seven is to help people discuss these topics civilly, regardless of what they believe about them, our answer is leadership, grace, and love, with an emphasis on Paul's approach as shared in the season seven supplementary episode. So one thing we need to know when we're discussing this topic with another person in order to lead with grace and love is, are we talking to a believer or an unbeliever? If it's a believer, we need to know whether we are talking to someone who is strong in the faith or weak in the faith. Furthermore, we don't want to cause a believer to stumble 
And if it's an unbeliever, we would want to reach them for God. So let's break down leadership. What we would do here in the topic of what is man is seek to understand the other person's perspective. With this topic, we could start by making sure we understand each other's definitions of the keywords we're using, such as human or man or woman, even gender, sex, etc. With grace and love, ultimately when interacting with either side of the of this argument of this topic, the person ought to take direction from God via grace in order to love that person. This grace and love are key to preventing us from enabling a person and preventing us from judging the other person. Ultimately, so we could win them. Hmm. So what I would want for anybody tackling this topic or wanting to learn how do I operate in grace and love is go ahead and listen to season two, episode 13 and season one, episode 15, respectively are the grace and love episodes. And you'll get, the doctrine you need to be able to do that on purpose. Now, when it comes to this specific topic, I'd like to offer a perspective you may not have thought of. First of all, we need to recognize that the term man applies to all humans, human, right? Yeah. So Genesis 1:27, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. So man is male and female. Second, the word man, the etymology comes from a Sanskrit word, manu, which means to think. So humans are supposed to think. Humans are not supposed to zone out and avoid these tough conversations. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. That's good. Third, God is more concerned with the spiritual and qualitative aspects of his creation, including man, and less concerned about the physical aspects of his creation or the quantitative aspects of his creation. In our mind or soul, that spiritual and tangible entity within each person God created, our mind or soul, We are genderless. It is our physical bodies, which includes our brain, that determines our sex. Now, while we are all familiar with one aspect of our physical differences, being the sexual organs, and the attempts to modify those sexual organs, there is another aspect of our physical differences that's important for us to understand. Maybe the most important thing for us to understand as it relates to man versus woman. That is our brain. Now, first, a little little info here. The part of the brain that determines whether or not we are focused is called the nucleus basalis. See it as the doorway to your conscious brain. Simply put, if my nucleus basalis is open, I'm focused. If it's closed, I'm not. Now, a female tends to be able to have up to five thoughts at the same time in a healthy manner. A male tends to only be able to have one thought at a time in a healthy manner. 
Females are able to do this because their nucleus basalis moves so quickly that even though they are physically only having one thought at a time, their focus moves faster than they can distinguish, and it appears they are thinking of more than one thing at a time. This is what truly distinguishes females from males. Five thoughts versus one thought. Go ahead, listener. With your right hand, put up five fingers and say five thoughts. And then with your left hand, put up one finger and say one thought. Five thoughts versus one thought is truly what distinguishes females from males. Hmm. Now, since this episode is what is man, let's dig into specifics about men. Second Samuel 10 verse 12 and First Chronicles 19 verse 13 says this. Be of good courage, and let us be strong for our people and for the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what is good in his sight. Man is the male of the human species that focuses on the causes regardless of the effects. A way I like to say that is a man does what's right regardless of what he gets out of it. He does what's right because it's right. Boys focus on effects. Boys do what's right only if he immediately benefits. Simple illustration, two firefighters rush into a burning building. The first does it to win a medal. The second does it because the building is on fire. The first is a boy. The second is a man. Now, here's my favorite biblical example. Daniel 3, verses 13 through 18. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready at the time, you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace." And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? So what's Nebuchadnezzar focused on? Being worshipped. Being seen as at least equal to a God. Hmm. This is an effect. And his focus on an effect is causing destruction and death on other people. Now we continue with verses 16 through 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Verse 18 is the proof these these are men and not boys. When they say, But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. Wow. 
right? The cause is doing what's right, serving God, Mm -hmm. serving the one true God. The proof that it's regardless of the effects is, oh, yeah, and if our God doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to do what you want us to do in serving your gods and committing idolatry. So here's a great example of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being focused on the cause of serving God, doing what's right, regardless of what it costs them, up to and including being burned alive in a fiery furnace. Now, every time a male gets in trouble, it's due to him turning an effect into a cause. There's this effect I want, this result I'm looking for. I want to make that the purpose of my life or the purpose of whatever action I'm taking. That's when I get into trouble. Men are meant to be masculine, which now I've introduced another term that's often used that needs to be defined. Mm -hmm. So allow me to, the definition of masculinity is the ability to put the best interest of others ahead of your own, such as wife, kids, coworkers, et cetera. Now, putting the best interests of others ahead of your own takes a very tough person. So is someone who's masculine strong? You bet they are. But they're strong in the way of being able to put the best interest of others ahead of their own. Yeah, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, right? Right. Yeah, and that's and now getting to what man's purpose is is really to cherish and nourish others, hmm. which you could break that down as to provide a safe place, cherish for growth, nourish. So someone who's masculine and a man would provide a safe place for others to grow. This was Adam's first job in the garden to dress and to keep the garden. Ultimately meant to serve and to guard. Now, most simply, man is meant to protect. And we will discuss what is woman in the next episode. Very cool, Joel. Very cool. So ultimately, when interacting with either side, the person ought to lead the other person by taking direction from God via grace in order to love them. Grace and love are the key to avoiding enabling or judging the other person with the hopes of winning them. Yeah. And I love it. I mean, I love the idea of winning is in the Matthew 18 process. If you hear your brother, you've won him. Yeah. And the idea of, of, so it's, it's, it's winning in all aspects, winning a believer, an unbeliever to becoming a believer or the believers staying connected with one another because they're hearing each other. Yeah. Yeah. So in this specific case, I want to, I want to repeat back to you, Joel, the ultimate answer. Um, and our listeners can do the same. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to repeat back to Joel, the ultimate answer to his satisfaction, please give it a shot hit pause right now. But in this specific case, man is the male of the human species that focuses on the causes regardless of the effects. Boys focus on effects. So what we've done right there is we've we've taken 
man or male, and we've broken it up into male and female. And then within the male category, you could be a man or you could be a boy. Nice. Yeah. So the definition of what it means to be a man is that men are masculine. And masculinity is the ability to put the interests of others ahead of your own, which takes a very, very, very tough person. Yes, it does. And none of these attributes require a certain set of sexual organs. All of these attributes are based on a person's mind, soul, working through a specific thought process. Yeah. So females tend to be able to have five thoughts at the same time in a healthy manner. And males tend to be only able to have one thought at a time. So this is truly what distinguishes females from males. It's not sex organs. It's five thoughts versus one thought. Females are able to have five. Males are only able to have one. The most simple way that I can say what it means to be a man is that man is meant to protect. Do I understand you, Joel? Yeah, that was a great summary of of everything I shared. Thank you. I I definitely feel heard. And uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Feels good. Well, I feel taught. I feel like that clears a lot of stuff up. It sure does. Yeah. And I appreciate you for teaching me all this stuff. And uh, I hope our listeners do too. Well, this has been What the Flock, everybody. If you'd like a deeper study on this topic, or how to deal with people who either bully or enable regarding this topic, listen to the Music of Life Church podcast companion episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.